You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Illinois can shoot the basketball. That's what we learned in their 106-48 route of St. Francis. Just demolish a lower-level team as they should. I'm Jeremy Warner. He's Derek Piper at State Farm Center where Illinois gets a feel-good win and sets a program record for made threes. 18 of 34 from three. They've made 34 three-pointers over the last two games they're second in the country among high major teams derek in three pointers per game that's made per game behind only villanova that's pretty good company to have but uh alfonso Plummer, jacob grandison trent frazier and then yeah guys like coleman hawkins luke goody brandon pajimski sends the uh sends the record down with his late three this team's got a lot of shooters and as kofi said it's by design derek yeah absolutely that's the, the schematic you know dream to have a interior force like Kofi and his dominance throw it inside and, and see what he can do and uh, to surround him with a bunch of shooters and not to have really a, too many guys out there that you feel are non-shooters. Brad says that there's no batter shooters on this team. I don't know I'm going to go that far. I mean, uh, But in terms of the way, especially your trio of Trent, Grandison, and Plummer just continuing to stay on this incredible heater last three games, they're shooting over combined like over 50% from three, so that's been great. Uh, it was good to see DeMonte knock one down tonight or today, and uh, Coleman gets a couple, Luke Goody, Podjemski, like uh, a lot of different guys that maybe as this season furthers on, you know, can have a little bit more support to that. But, uh, you know, Brad really said since the offseason, we're going to be a much better shooting team, and they're showing that over a, a growing sample size. So uh, that's certainly very good to see. And, uh, you know, look, you look at the, the blueprint of Purdue, like Purdue has – great inside game and they're shooting 40 percent from three uh, around that so Illinois pretty much has a very similar thing going with Kofi inside and I think 39 percent from three going there so that would be as you project out this Big Ten title race when we resume Big Ten play that would be something to look at but they're hard to guard they're hard to guard and uh, despite a week off they they kept the flame flame throwing going from from the outside yeah and it's just not like they're throwing up a bunch of threes and you know, 40 a game and making 12 of them, right, with a low percentage. Efficiency is insane. They're 15th right now, according to Ken Palm, 39% from three this season. I mean, that is ridiculous. And over the last seven games, uh, they've made now, I'm doing math in my head as we do this, they've made 88 threes during the last seven games. And I believe it's over 45% now after what they did tonight. Um, yeah, I mean, and they're doing this, Derek, and it, there's no big takeaway against St. Francis, right? Like, this is a great Ken Palm game. Like, you rose a bunch of spots in the Ken Palm up to 13 because of the discrepancy, because of the efficiency, 1.7 points per possession. Defensively, you hold them to 0.8. So, very good game overall, but you expect to, to win, um, maybe not by 50-something points, but you expect to crush a team like this. But this is against Rutgers, against Arizona, against Notre Dame, against Kansas State, which is a really good uh, defense. That's who you're doing this against, Derek. So it's translated, and they've done it without their point guard. So how have they been able to to be this good offensively without Andre Corbello out there? Yeah, the passing of Kofi has certainly opened things up, his ability to – get the ball inside and not be a black hole. And, and I mean, when you have 
him scoring one of the top clips in the country, you of course, want him to be aggressive, but his willingness to recognize open guys when the double teams come. And I think that there's been a change here, an evolution in the last week or so or a couple of weeks is just the ball movement when it gets kicked back out or even if it doesn't go inside, it's just finding the, the best shot available and, and the, watching the ball movement around the perimeter. That's something that there were possessions, you know, earlier in November where this team was struggling and maybe one pass and then a shot and this uh, you know, Brad wants to play fast, but it is being able to have that feel and chemistry. And uh, this has, you know, without Curbelo, that's not a new development. So they're starting to, you know, they've come into their own in terms of knowing how to play together and play off of each other. So, uh, and a lot of it has to do with Plummer. I mean, Plummer just doesn't need a lot of space. He comes off a screen and his defender might, you know, be right on his hip, but he elevates really well. He's got a great quick release. Grandison, he continues to get left in that corner. I know it's because of the attention that Kofi commands or just the defense breaking down, but that's automatic. And uh, now Trent is feeling pretty good with his shot. So uh, that's all come together. Those guys have been really reliable. And, and then just the ball movement, I think, has really opened things up and allowed a lot of open shots. Yeah, we talk all about plumbers. We should. He is on one heck of a heater right now, shooting 50% from three basically the last seven games. Grandison's shooting that for the season. Grandison's at 50%, 23 of 46 for the season. What a huge scoring boost he's been with Io DeSumo gone, right? And, and Brad said after the game he learned a lot from Io about work ethic and, and the kind of work you got to put in. And Trent Frazier, after the injuries, is really back. I mean, is a shooter right now, so that's good to see. And if you get DeMonte going and get Coleman going a little bit, if those guys are north of 30, 30, you know, 33%, yeah, this is a really tough team to cover with a seven foot, 285 pound All-American. I don't think any of us have questions offensively. This is a great offensive team, uh, and it has been for most of the year outside of that really Cincinnati game and, and Marquette without Kofi there. So uh, I think you feel really good offensively with where this team is at, who is on the floor now with everybody healthy outside uh, of Andre Cabello and Austin Hutcherson. But just to put this in perspective, Derek, um, Illinois is averaging 10.4 threes per game. The record for a season, of course, is 0405. And that team was before this three point explosion in the NBA and really college basketball. They average 8.8 per game uh, that season. This team shooting 39% from three. That 0405 team shot 39.2% from three and then you gotta go back to the 90s and 80s when they didn't shoot that many threes uh, to get above 40. So uh, this team is on a record pace. I think Alfonso Plummer is on a record pace for threes right now. If he continues this and they play 30, 32 games, uh, he's got a chance to, to pass Luther Head at some point this season of most threes made in a season. So it's amazing, uh, it, at least in the offensively, this is probably gonna be, or it has been, potentially one of Illinois' best offensive teams in, in, in their history. It's been pretty cool to watch. Yeah, and that says a lot to lose Io and the type of scorer that he was. And then, you know, just an All-American, a guy that was putting up you know, close to 20 a game last year, and he leaves, and you're going to maybe be a better offensive team, maybe a more productive offensive team because of some of the additional shooting, obviously. Um, and, yeah, the sample size is growing. This is not just some – two or three game stretch where they've gotten red hot. You know, six of the last seven games they made double digit threes. And it's it's something that you definitely gotta account for and find an answer to. And uh, Grandison continues to bring it up, like pick your poison. That is what you gotta do in, in terms of trying to decide how much you're crashing in inside. And if you're not, if you're you're gonna stick to shooters, then it's it's one on one ball for Kofi, which 
doesn't go well, especially for St. Francis. I feel really bad for uh, those those big guys. Or it's hard to even call them big guys. Uh, they're tall guys, pretty thin. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's to be up there in the the top of the top of the high major group and, and made threes per game. It's something that they are putting emphasis on. And I mean, credit to Granison, man. I mean, I think that he is really made a stride just being able to take more volume and, and be more of a focal guy uh, and he is a he's a knockdown knockdown shooter uh, Brad Underwood's first year, couple years he talked about today weren't very good <laughs> shooters they shot 33% his first year from three 34 his next year 30 uh, that year they were gonna make the NCAA tournament before the pandemic shut everything down last year 37 this year 39 but they're just shooting such a higher level of three-point attempts this year they're 53rd in the country in three-point attempt uh, per, uh, percentage of shots that are three-point attempts last year they were 320th so um, this team can can get them up and then defensively Derek like listen St. Francis is not a team that's going to challenge you on that end but it was nice to see Illinois when their starters were in after those first three threes that, that St. Francis made, two of them were contested uh, with hands in the face, uh, but Illinois really locked down after that, which they should, but it was nice to see because that's, that's the end where they got to be better, right? I mean, that's why they lost Arizona was they didn't play good defense, and, and usually in the games they haven't have lost, it's been the defense that has failed them. Yeah, you speak of Ken Palm numbers. I would not want to see what St. Francis' three-point field goal percentage defense, which was 328th going into this game. Uh, it might be the worst in the country or, or very down there now. But for all that being said about the offense, Brad, you knew, was most focused on his defense because that was the big emphasis of the entire week of practice. And he talked about trying to improve the ball screen defense, the transition defense, uh, and just being tougher. I, he's, he's called this team out for toughness, and a lot of that is just being able to stop the ball and uh, be able to execute and stack stops on top of each other defensively. Uh, and, yeah, St. Francis made a couple of, of threes early, but uh, overall Illinois just made things difficult for them. And uh, St. Francis has not taken a whole lot of threes. That's not really their game. They have broken teams down off the dribble and gotten to the rim. They wanted to play pick-and-roll ball and uh, exploit Kofi, which Kofi was – really noticeably active in his stance. I know that Brad talked about that. And you just didn't have too many defensive mistakes. Uh, and Brad will continue to nitpick and try to find perfection at that end of the floor. And again, you're playing St. Francis, so uh, you're expected to dominate in that kind of a matchup. Missouri's pretty awful offensively. so uh, But it is rising to the challenge and taking steps back towards you know, this team. You look at Ken Palm projections or just kind of where you expected supposed to be one of the better defensive teams in college basketball, and they haven't been that to this point and still have some room to grow, but this was a step in the right direction for sure. Yeah, and I thought for most of the Iowa game, they played well defensively until Keegan Murray really went off on them late and made that game close. So that's the more kind of performance you want to see for most of a game, right? Stringing it together. And I think for a lot of these guys, it might just be focus on the defensive end. Michael Tupp had a great film breakdown of, of Alfonso Plummer. He's capable defensively, but it's just the focus lacks at times. I think DeMonte's had some moments. And uh, we'll get into the, the youth here a little bit, but uh, Coleman Hawkins certainly can be better at that end as well. But Missouri, this is going to be a nice test. It's a, it's a bad team right now. I mean, they are not very good this year. But you've lost this game three years in a row, Derek, because as you, you and I know covering this game, it's mostly about who's who's more up for this game. And the last three years, Missouri certainly has been up for this game. And think of those teams. 
we're talking about like two of the best Illinois teams in recent memory that Missouri and Javon Pickett have been able to defeat. There's no Drew Smith this year. There's no Jeremiah Tillman. Illinois already played Mark Smith and beat him. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's no, no Xavier Pinson, who's, yeah. who's been an Illini killer, a Simeon kid. So uh, this team has been really bad. They're 5-5 five and five so far this year. I, I know the cliche, throw the records out, but this one it's kind of true. But this is the kind of year, Derek, where you don't want it. Like, the record should matter. This Missouri team is not good. This Illinois team is good. This is a game they need to win, and they need to be up for. This should be should be the perfect storm of a matchup where you should dominate in terms of the talent, the just the way that Illinois is trending here recently, and Missouri has been an absolute mess. And then the fact that you can tell that both Brad and when Kofi was talking about it after this game, they recognize that – there needs to be a shift in how they approach this game. Last year and years past, it's been, you know, we're everyday guys. It's no game is bigger than the other. We're trying to stay even keeled. Now it's like, no, actually this one is approached differently. Like the way Missouri looks at it, it's their Super Bowl. It's the Javon Pickett Super Bowl. Uh, Illinois needs to, to value that and, and get up for it. Uh, and they're hungry. It seems like, you know, Kofi talked about the – sitting at home over Christmas break and, and just thinking about it when you lose that game. I would expect a spirited week or a couple of days of practice uh, and then a motivated team. And then really you look at the rosters and Illinois should absolutely just pummel them. Yeah, no, absolutely. So it's one of the best games of the year, but recently it has not been for Illinois. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Okay, Derek, this was a good glimpse at some youth uh, for Illinois. Some of it good. Uh, some of the freshmen they were able to get into the game. But let's bring up Coleman Hawkins because I, I do feel like this is becoming a concern is, is Coleman Hawkins' play, especially early in games. He comes off the bench for the first time this year. I, I talked about with Michael Tuip whether that should happen. Uh, and, and Jacob Grandison didn't seem to affect him, which is good since he started and had 18 points tonight. But uh, Coleman came off the bench. And on a play where St. Francis had four offensive rebounds, which is the biggest nitpick of this game, is St. Francis had, what, 17 offensive rebounds of their 27 in this game. Um, Coleman Hawkins didn't put a body on anybody. And two of them, Brad said, were his fault. But he didn't put a body on anybody. Plays just two minutes. And second half, he comes out and he comes back and, and gets some numbers, hit two threes, had eight points, two rebounds. You hope he gets some confidence from that. But Brad is tough on him. I mean, anybody who's in the arena sees it. I don't know if everybody on, on TV gets to see it, but he lays into Coleman. And you're wondering, after game after game of that happening, is that the best approach with Coleman Hawkins? Now, Coleman came out and played well, 
But you can tell he's just not confident right now. And I asked Brad about the approach with Coleman. You know, he said, I, I expect a lot out of him. We need him. So it's just he's so important for this team, Derek, because they don't have anybody like him in the front court. They need – that coaching staff has to find a way to get better, more consistent play out of him. He's going through growing pains. I think we all expected that. But there's a huge part of the season for him, it feels like. Yeah, most definitely. And you would have expected this kind of matchup to be one where he shines and has a really nice bounce back. And ultimately, the, the stat line looks decent, you know, given the fact that he played nine minutes, had eight points, uh, and did knock down a couple of threes late. But you want to see more rebounds. You want to see more sustained minutes and ultimately just getting in more of a rhythm and a flow. And he's had too many games here in the last month where he plays four minutes and gets pulled out of the game, doesn't play the rest of the first half, not only just because of maybe some foul trouble, but just not giving the type of consistent effort or uh, just you know being reliable. I, I think that he's got to be more reliable at both ends of the floor, uh, and really defensively is kind of where it starts. And uh, Brad talked a lot about needing that accountability back in the program and, and in practice, like in terms of when defensive breakdowns happen or guys are missing assignments or not being tough enough, like you got to be able to, to be accountable. And I think that he held Coleman accountable for not going after rebounds. So uh, he's got a, he's really talented. Like that, we'll, we continue to come back to that. And that, that is the ultimate line in terms of, you know, what he can be, but uh, he's got to figure it out. He's got to be able to, to be more engaged. Uh, he, and he does sometimes try to make up for his mistakes offensively by forcing the issue at times. And I, his offensive night was, was just fine. But uh, being a guy to, to go put a body on someone, be tougher, uh, just have some urgency. Because there, there were stretches early on in this year where he was all over the floor. Like yes. this guy's motor was going, running at a super high clip. And we did not see that tonight in those early minutes. He was just kind of standing around. Yeah, uh, for me, for him, I would just keep it simple. Um, you're a really good passer. Continue to do that. Don't try to take it off the bounce too much. You're capable of it. If it's open, take it, but don't try to force it. Um, and just be locked in defensively and put your body on somebody. You don't have to grab every rebound, but put your body on somebody. Uh, you could draw a foul if somebody knocks you over because you're smaller than them or, or not as big as them. But just be active on defense, and sometimes it just doesn't look like he's active. I just think he needs to focus on that. When there's an open three, shoot him. I showed tonight. You know, he can make those two of three. It's, he's been really uh, hesitant here recently doing that. Uh, Benjamin Bossman's Redonk, man, what a low major killer. <laughs> really nice performance for him tonight. Four points, two rebounds, three assists. He does a really good job of, of getting Kofi the ball. He's a guy that you can just put in in spot minutes. Like, I, I don't think as high major opponents you're going to put Bossman's in and expect a ton out of him. But he's in the right place at the right time, which for big men, Derek, like that's what Omar Payne is really struggling with, is being at the right place at the right time. Omar Payne follows people. He doesn't get rebounds right now. And uh, you're not going to – I'm comfortable with Bossman's having an entry pass. I'm not comfortable with Omar Payne having to do that if Kofi uh, is in the game. So it's just been interesting, man, that like you look at this right now and, and Bossman's Redonk is like your most trusted backup to Kofi right now amazing it's it's not something you would have anticipated and if you would have told people that in the beginning of the year they would have terrified them now again to your point like the, the low major versus high major i think his scoring in particular like being able to finish around the basket is certainly noticeable where you can do that against some smaller teams not so much when you get more length and athleticism i got it i know the comp he's cordell pencil 
Cordell Pimsel Cordell Pimsel could not score against anybody, but he's a big body you can throw in there for a couple of spot minutes in a Big Ten game and, and feel like you can survive with him. I think that's yeah. that's Bossman's Verdonk's role on this team. Yeah, which is fine. Uh, I think that that's a fine role, and uh, it's, it's good just to see him be able to, to build something, you know, just have some progress and uh, be able to, to be available, and he still has – that's a lot of eligibility, honestly. I'm not. I don't want to get too far ahead, but uh, he's doing some nice things here and there. Now, offensively, he does leave more to be desired sometimes. Um, but good passer, and, and as Brad was saying after the game, doesn't make a ton of mistakes. So uh, you know he's going to play hard. You know he's not going to be afraid to put a body on somebody. You know he's going to get Kofi the ball. So uh, for a your third big man, although sometimes moving towards your second big man behind Kofi, uh, not too bad. Serviceable. Uh, I want to bring up Brandon Pajemski, one of the first guys off the bench today. What'd you think uh, when that happened, and, and what'd you think of Air Pods today? With Air with the, the dunk makes the the record for three. Uh, what'd you see out of Pods? Yeah, nice little stretch for him there, and the the sequence at the very end with the transition dunk, and then uh, knocks down the three for the record. I mean, you gotta feel good for him to get some confidence uh, as a guy that. Uh, if you're taking Brad's word for it, which I, I am, it, that he's had a really nice stretch of practice here recently, and that tells me that it, it's a guy that's not getting too discouraged by not having minutes or, or not uh, feeling rewarded by being able to come in and make shots. So uh, he's working at it uh, and staying with it. So uh, clearly it was uh, something that the coaching staff rewarded him with, and, and uh, they felt good about what he's been showing there. So uh, hopefully for him, something he can build on because he is – you don't put up 35 a game. I know that the competition you continue to talk about, and it wasn't very good competition today. Uh, you don't do that if you're not at least uh, you know, a gifted scorer. So uh, it was interesting. I didn't expect him to get in the game before Luke Goody. I don't know that I'm going to expect that against Missouri or, or really going forward. But, uh, yeah, I don't want to say too I'm not much. putting him in the rotation. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, not, that, I'm not putting him in the rotation. Like, the one thing that stood out to me – Brad said he hasn't missed a shot in three weeks, which is probably hyperbole. But we sure. know, we know, like he's got a good stroke. Like he scored a lot at the high school level, made a bunch of threes. He said something about his defensive progress, which is like that's how you get on the court. Like the guy that Brandon Prodzimski could possibly be for this pro is like a Brad Davidson, right, or somebody like that. Like that has really gotten after people, and that's if he can defend at this level, I think eventually he can score, he can dribble, he can go off the bounce, he can shoot the ball. I don't think that's going to be your concern, but like hearing that for the long term for me, not the short term, but for the long term, I think is a good sign that he's starting to get some trust or get some buy-in on that end. Yeah, it's encouraging. And it is someone that came in and physically is is decently built for a freshman guard. Uh, I know that he's maybe not – as tall as you would expect for an off guard because he's not really a, a natural point. But, yeah, buying into that when you come from a, a big-time scoring background, we know that – I'm not saying he's going to be Trent Frazier, but Trent Frazier didn't maybe guard anybody in high school, didn't have to because he was just a, a bucket getter. Uh, having pods have some maturation uh, in, in that sense and, and understanding what it takes to stay on the floor, that's that's a good sign for, for a guy that's still got a lot of basketball in front of him, and uh, that is encouraging. These are the type of games that – you know, you want to see that progress with this type of player, and uh, this was a this is a good opportunity for him. Uh, I continue to be chairman of the board of the Luke Goody Fan Club. Um, I, I guess Latuip is up there too, but I love his minutes, man. He was twenty plus twenty one. I know it's a blowout game, but plus twenty one in fourteen minutes, six points, three rounds. I just think his defense is so good uh, for for a freshman. Like, 
I don't want him like guarding the best player like Matherin all the time, but like he just know like I say this all the time, but knows where to be, when to be there. He gets vertical uh, when he contests shots. I, I just think he plays like a, a junior already on that end, which is which is really encouraging to me. And he made one of those key passes on the probably the possession of the year where they had what five passes in a row to get Alfonso Plummer a wide open corner three. He just he plays like a vet, man. I I just continue to be really impressed. And as a you're looking for scoring next year, you're looking for guys that are going to step up next year. I, I think Luke Goody is going to be a, a really good starter by next season. Just so rock solid. I mean, there's so only so many ways you can really describe it. But uh, a guy that you really trust, a guy that's a knockdown shooter. I don't think that's debatable. Uh, and then willing to rebound, willing to make good passes. Uh, and the fact that he isn't a liability defensively says something certainly. And I, I think you look back to for as mature and you know a guy in great Jacob Grandison last year that came in as a transfer and had played a decent amount of division one basketball like it took a while for him to 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 really get it acclimated like luke goody looks further along than jacob grandison did 10 games 11 games into his start at illinois so that says a lot for a freshman for a, a younger guy and i mean we even saw someone who who clicked for and, and alan griffin ultimately took a long time for alan to be able to earn trust and get on the floor and do the right things like luke has really done that for the most part from the very beginning. And uh, I, I'd be really excited about him, you know, just being able to contribute later in this year, but also uh, big picture, I think that he can be one of your better players at, you know, as an upperclassman. Yeah, and you got an extended look at another guy in this class of 2021, and that was uh, R.J. Melendez, played nine minutes. Filled up the stat sheet for that nine minutes. Five points, five rebounds, four assists, zero turnovers in that time, Derek. You see the flashes of why overtime elite was interested in this kid because his ceiling among these guys is probably the highest because he's 6'7", he's long, he's athletic. You see the skill shooting the ball. He can take people off the dribble, pull up. Uh, and I just think defensively he could be great. Like if he wants to be great, I think he could be really great on the defensive end. So, uh, again, this is more long-term. I don't know if R.J. Melendez is going to be a guy you count on very much, but like you see the flashes in games like tonight and in, in earlier games that's like this kid could be really good um, if he – you know, works at his game, and obviously the, the coaching gets him there. So there's an exciting ceiling about him. It's just the reliability probably on defense is where Underwood's really focused. Yeah, for sure. And, and this is a good opportunity for him to kind of just remember who he is as a player when you get caught in the stretch of high major opponents and, and not get a lot of minutes. But uh, to get that confidence, continue to build up, and, and you know, maybe someone that can contribute when you get back into Big Ten play for some spot minutes here or there. But there's a lot of tools to his game. Like I think that we've talked about his length. We've talked about his athleticism. And uh, he is fairly smooth overall in terms of making some plays there and can score, can pass, can rebound. Uh, and defensively, I think as he gets another year, we can always come back to like another year of, of lifting weights and uh, working on his explosion and everything. Like he's got, he's got a chance. He's got a chance to be uh, a pretty nice piece. All right, just a bye game. Right, but uh, you do what you're supposed to do in a bye game. St. Francis gets a check. Thank you yeah. for the, the, the beatdown. We'll go home and take our check. But uh, now you got Missouri and Florida A&M. But most importantly, Derek, you got two weeks 
of two games before Big Ten play really kicks in. When you're at Minnesota, Minnesota's playing well. Uh, you're home against Maryland, then you're at Nebraska. Winnable stretch of games are three of the probably bottom half of the Big Ten, but that's when it really kicks in. So uh, this is a really important two weeks for them, not only with just getting two more wins, getting a 10-3 and three out of non-conference play, but also um, I know they're going home for the holidays, but there's a lot of practice uh, involved over the next couple weeks where, as Brad said yesterday, like there's a lot of Brad Underwood practices going on. So this is an important time for the development of this team. Yeah, majorly. And continuing to make those strides defensively and just clean up some some little things, anything that you can. And uh, it'll be interesting as we continue to watch and wait the integration of Andre Curbelo back into this lineup. If, if that's going to happen, you know, whenever that's going to happen. So uh, that would be something I'd be wondering about during this stretch where you don't have a ton of games. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we're only – I know that you look at these next two games and even the start of Big Ten play, which I wouldn't assume anything at Minnesota, especially road game against a team that's playing fairly well. But uh, we're less than a month from – Michigan and Purdue coming into this building with a lot to play for. So uh, this is a chance to really fine-tune things, continue to get better, and uh, just make the most of practice where, you know, Brad's talked a lot about not having that opportunity and the injuries. Now you're outside of Andre, like pretty darn healthy as a team. Yeah, you don't want to take anything for granted, but there is an opportunity to win five games in a row here before Michigan and Purdue come to town. And uh, you're thinking about Illinois would be ranked at that point if they do that. They'd be 5-0 and in Big Ten play if they do that. You have to take it step by step, but it's sitting there right in front of you for this team uh, to really put a good run together. All right, for Derek Piper, I'm Jeremy Warner at State Farm Center. Illinois again defeats St. Francis 106-48 to with a program record 18 threes. Thanks for listening to the Illini Enquirer podcast. Give us a follow, rating, review, wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody have a great week, and if you're down at Bragging Rights in St. Louis, one of the best atmospheres in, in college basketball, and you see us, say hey. We'll say hey back. Everybody have a great holiday weekend as well. And uh, take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Online Enquirer podcast.